0: You're listening to the Profit Lovers Podcast, where profit is not a dirty word. I'm Melanie Miller. Consider this your business safe space where we take a BS free approach to building a profitable business one that's also livable, it fits into your lifestyle, and it's lovable. You actually enjoy it. Well, most days anyway. Let's get into today's episode. If you're feeling like you keep making mistakes in your business, like you should know better, or that maybe everyone else is swimming along, business is easy, they're never screwing up, then I am about to make you feel a whole lot better about yourself. I have made some really dumb mistakes in my business, and I still do. I could kid myself and say that they're all learning opportunities, But they're not. I think that's just something sometimes we tell ourselves to make ourselves feel better. Sometimes they're just dumb. Sometimes they're lazy. Sometimes they're just poorly considered mistakes. And I'm okay with that. I've been in business for, oh my gosh, 11 years now, maybe even more. And I have had plenty of experience before I started my business. I ran other people's businesses. I fixed mistakes all day long. And I was really, really good at it. And I still am. I'm just not so great at fixing my own mistakes. Today, I'm going to talk you through a bit of the messy behind the scenes of my business. Everyone's always talking about like, come look at my latest amazing launch. Come look at my amazing way I run my business. No, we're going to do it the profit lovers way, which is pretty unsexy, a little down and dirty. You're going to come behind the scenes of my business, including. The five mistakes. These are the ones I wish the most that I hadn't made, but there are a whole lot more than five. But let's just start with five, right? So I'm going to start with the one that caught me in the very beginning. And it was not being specific enough with my target market. I started in a business coaching franchise model. And honestly, I'm so thankful for that because they gave me the confidence. I was surrounded by men and I think I absorbed some of that male confidence. They really did boost me up. So great place to start, but I didn't really have the experience or confidence to challenge their standards. I hadn't been a business coach before. I'd come from being an employee. And so I was mindful that they were giving me this great framework to work within that I didn't really want to come in and change that up straight away. And I had never marketed myself. I'd marketed other people's businesses, other people's products, but I'd never actually marketed myself, which is really different. And I was super nervous about that. So I met with anyone and everyone who booked a 45 minute chat we used to do in the franchise, a 45 minute like business strategy session, complimentary strategy session. And I would meet with anyone who booked one of those. Which was great because I got to get out and meet a lot of people and I got to really hone my skills, but not so great because I spent a lot of time with people who had no intentions of going forward. And I don't really want to sell people into things. And that kind of doesn't work with that model. I also spent lots of time creating and presenting proposals because what we would do was go out, do the 45 minute coaching session, strategy session. And then we would ask them if they'd like a proposal and we'd go home, create the proposal, print it out, take it back to them and then present the proposal. And of course, most people said yes, because it's kind of offensive to say no. (laughs) And there were a lot of old white dudes, I'm going to be honest, who were never, ever going to go ahead because they just didn't see me as having the expertise and they didn't really want to be coached by a young female. I was much, much younger than I am now. And I also did a lot of networking, which was fantastic. I was in BNI. You might have heard of that one. It was great. It definitely, once again, kind of put me in the right rooms with the right people. And I made quite a bit of money from BNI referrals. But I also got a lot of bad referrals, which once again meant that I spent a lot of time driving around, meeting with people, having conversations that never really went anywhere. Now, that's not a bad way to run a business. If you really enjoy getting out and speaking to a lot of people, you want to meet as many people as possible. You're great at sales. That's not me. I'm a real introvert. I really like making small talk. I hated being in the car all day. Fast forward a few years, and now I know my target market like I know my closest friends. It's taken me years of observation to really nail down my market, but now I know exactly who they are. I know what their family life is like. I know how they spend their free time. I know why they need their business to work for them. And I know what keeps them from being more successful. This makes everything about attracting and engaging and selling to them so much easier. I know where my target market hang out. I know other people that influence them. I know what they're struggling with outside of their business that maybe has an impact on their business. I know how they speak to themselves about success and I know the language that they use and even the branding that they're attracted to. Now, does this mean every client and every members club member is exactly the same? No, of course not. There are variances. It's really important to understand who your target market is. When you write a business plan, and I'm not a big supporter of the traditional business plan, unless you want to go for financing, you need money from the bank, unless you're wanting to bring in business partners or things like that. But when you write a business plan and you outline your target audience, it might not be who you end up with. Look out for who is easy and enjoyable to work with, who you enjoy most providing your product or service to, and look for who you communicate most easily with and who's happy to pay you for your expertise. It will make your marketing and selling so much easier, and more than that, it's going to make it a whole lot more enjoyable. Mistake number two is not making faster decisions. I am not a quick decision maker. I take way too long to make like, even really simple decisions, and that has terribly affected my business growth and my personal growth. I have to think and stew over everything, and I also don't take quick action when I have made a decision which is the total opposite to what I force my clients to do, right? I know other women in business who can make super fast decisions to launch a new product or a new service. And seven days later, they're filling seats to their new mastermind or taking pre-orders on their new product. But I can't do that. I can coach someone to do that. I can't do that. I wish I could make decisions that quickly, but my fear of making the wrong decision usually takes over and I get very stuck on the why it won't work while quick decision makers are already busy doing the work, right? Now, there is a flip side to this, which I am going to embrace. It is that if you are making super fast decisions and you're moving rapidly in different directions, well, that's not good either. I just want to be maybe a little bit closer to the middle of the spectrum than what I am, but I don't want to go totally the other direction and just start making really, really quick decisions. If you're like me and you're making slow decisions, you might find yourself like me missing out on really great opportunities or taking action on important changes that your business needs. Often the answer to if you have made the right decision or not is in the results anyway, So sitting around thinking about it doesn't make the answer any clearer. Taking action and recording the results does. The third mistake which might surprise a few of you is I have been doing far too much myself. Once again, I'm fabulous at encouraging my clients and members club to outsource, 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 but I had been really, really slow at that. I did have someone help me fairly on in my business, but there was a limit to what I handed over. It's not that I thought that no one else could do what I could do. It's that I make slow decisions. And I'm also very risk adverse, although I never used to be, but we'll talk about that another day. I'm also someone who is very conservative when it comes to expenses. I've got a super high profit margin in my business because I don't spend willy nilly. Now that's great for earning a lot more in profit, but it is terrible for scaling a business and for avoiding burnout. I also know I've got some leftover like damage, we'll call it, from having to manage teams of people in the past. And I know this about myself. I'm an awful manager of people. I'm a great leader of people. I'm an awful manager of people. I really don't enjoy it at all. So bringing people into my business is really not one of my favorite things. And so I kind of avoided it at all costs. If you're doing all the things in your business and hoping to grow or to scale, you're going to hit some time and energy roadblocks very much like I did. I've got a client right now who's recovering from some pretty big burnout. It had already set in before she came to me. So We really needed to get her on top of that uh, before we take any of the next steps, right? Now, that's not uncommon for women to come to me when they're already feeling the effects of burnout. Had they have come to me 12 months earlier, we could have avoided that. If you're feeling anywhere close to burnout, please think about the changes that you need to make in your business. Do you need more help? Do you need better boundaries? Are you doing a whole lot of stuff without knowing what really works and what really doesn't. This is your sign to stop right now. And in case you were wondering, I now outsource a lot of stuff and it feels amazing. It's so good to finish the end of the day and have my content creator. You know, we do a little catch up. She often works on Mondays. We'll do a Monday afternoon catch up and she'll just reel off everything she's accomplished. And it's just the best feeling. All right. Number four is not building relationships with other women like me. When I took my business online, most of the people that I had networked with in my offline coaching business when I was part of the franchise had no clue what I was doing. Now, bear in mind, when I went online, online courses and membership sites were all very new. Anybody that I already knew didn't understand anything about what I was trying to achieve. So they weren't really the best people to hang out with anymore. In fact, some of them were really negative about online business and others just constantly wanted to pick my brain so much. I thought my skull might collapse. So I had my one buddy and that was about it. I really should have built an online group of people but I ended up going it pretty much alone for many many years and as I said I had a you know a couple of buddies I didn't just have one I had a couple but it wasn't quite enough. Everybody but me I felt like had done B School. If you've heard of Marie Folio I'm sure you've heard of B School. I had never done B-School and I didn't know so many of these weird little things that people were doing, like giving each other reviews. So they were getting together and building up their group, their support group, and say there was five or six in that support group. They would then review each other's online courses, each other's coaching programs, and they would give positive reviews. I had no idea that people were doing that. And so I felt like everyone else had all these amazing glowing testimonials from other people who had online courses and people knew, but I didn't. I also, and I feel really stupid now in hindsight, but I didn't know that people rented spaces like hotel rooms or like houses, private houses, and that they had professional photo shoots there. I didn't know that people rented those spaces and recorded video content there. So I would see all of these people, all of these women with these super sharp, beautiful images in these beautiful homes, these videos that were so polished in these gorgeous interiors. And I just thought everyone was super successful and had these really flashy, beautiful homes. <laughs> I feel so stupid saying that out loud but I didn't know that. I also had no real truth behind other people's launch stories or their business successes. And I think building a group of people who are willing to share, you start to hear about the realities of what's going on behind a business. Nobody in business, I'm just about to say nobody in business tells you everything they're crappy at, which is exactly what I'm doing right now. But you get what I mean, right? You rarely see the truth behind somebody's business people put out there their success stories and that was all I was consuming was a whole lot of success stories and so I didn't really know what was going on behind other people's businesses their online businesses i am quite conservative and an introvert financially conservative we all know personality wise i'm not conservative but financially conservative and I'm an introvert so I didn't go on those weekend workshops or those getaways where other people were connecting and building relationships. I just I didn't invest in that stuff. Huge huge mistake for me. I didn't spend money on masterminds or workshops or anything like that. Now that meant that I didn't have a group of people that I could rely on, I could trust that I could actually build my business with, and I also didn't have a group of people I could share my wins with. And one of the reasons that Members Club has a Facebook group, I don't really love Facebook groups. I love the Members Club one because members can chat in there and they can get to know each other's struggles. People will ask questions and share struggles that they're having. And we also always, always share wins and celebrate each other's wins. So have a group of people that you can do that with. Take it from me, business is much easier when you've got a few business buddies to go through this with. One of my clients is even business buddies with some of her competitors, which I think is the most incredible thing ever. I am definitely business buddies with people that you could consider competitors for sure. And it's a fantastic, supportive community to be in. All right, number five is not growing my email subscriber list. I am awful at list growth. I shouldn't say that. Let me change that. Let me change the wording up a bit. I have been awful at list growth in the past. I'm going to say another thing I shouldn't say. I got lucky. I didn't get lucky. I put a lot of time and effort in to a small list that produced really, really good results. What I should have done is looked at that small list and said, wow, if you can make that amount of money, from this little list. Imagine what you can do if you could quadruple that list. But I didn't. Now, you'll hear the saying all the time in marketing that the money is in the list. And that is so incredibly true. There is so much money available when you build your list of subscribers and those raving supporters. I should have tens and tens and tens of thousands of subscribers by now, and if I did, my business today would be very, very different because I haven't focused on SEO, I haven't focused on Pinterest, and now I feel very much like I'm playing catch up with people who don't have anywhere near the quality of content that I have, but they grew their lists, and now lots and lots of people know that they exist, so there is a perception of success that came when they grew their list, right? The more people that know you, the bigger profile you have, the better people assume your content is. It doesn't matter what business you're in, you can be growing a list of customers to market to today. If you ever decide to sell your business in the future, and that is our whole podcast episode in itself and I will promise to do you one. Yes, you absolutely can sell your business. Your list will have huge value within that business sale. One thing to be mindful of is a list of people to market to is great, but that list must also be current and relevant to the business that you have today. If you've changed your offer significantly or your target market is quite different, then you're going to need to do some list cleaning and some list rebuilding. Now, I am far from an expert on the topic of email marketing, deliverability, and open rates. So don't take my word as gospel. My understanding is that the better your open rates, the better your deliverability, which makes sense. So the more people who are opening your emails, the less likely spam filters are going to decide you're filling people's inboxes with crap. So it is a really good practice to list clean, to remove those people that no longer are opening your emails. The more I speak, the more I realize we probably need an entire episode on how to get email marketing working for you. It's something that it took me a little bit of time to really get my head around. And obviously I'm still in this process of list building. I will add that one to my ever-growing list of podcast ideas. And of course, if there's something that you would love for me to talk about, then drop me a DM over on Instagram. You will find me at The Profit Lovers. So make sure you do slide into my DMs with your ideas. And actually, the way I know so much about my target market is I love to connect with my profit lovers on social media. I love to follow you. I love to interact and learn more about you. I love to form those social relationships. So please do come over and say hi at The Profit Lovers. And and as I said, let me know what your ideas are. A final little prompt for you to think about in your business. Have you made any of the mistakes that I have? Are you being as stalkerish as I am? I'm not really stalkerish, but are you being stalkerish level specific with your target market? Are you making quick, informed decisions or are you moving really slowly And really stewing on everything? Is doing everything yourself in your business getting exhausting? Maybe you're already exhausted. And should you be looking to outsource? Have you built some good, solid relationships with other women just like you? Do you have a business support system? And are you list building focused? Are you actively working on adding people to your subscriber list and selling to them? consistently. All right, that's me done for now, Profit Lovers. I'll talk to you in next week's episode. And don't forget to DM me at the Profit Lovers on Insta if you've got something that you would love for me to cover in this podcast, or if you just want to say hi. I like that too. Talk to you soon. Hey, profit lover if you enjoyed today's episode please do leave a review so other women just like you can find the profit lovers podcast and i'd love it if you subscribed so you never miss an episode and finally always remember that profit isn't a dirty word